Should I sing a jingle? <coughs> you can sing a jingle if you like. Do it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Digital Noir Presents, podcast loosely based around life in a digital studio. Got my co-host with me, Pretty Chris. G'day. Nicholas Bozic. It's great to be here. And we've also got Ilya Eilert here today, who's a lean startup coach and lean innovation consultant. And we're going to be having a chat about lean startups and startups in general today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Cool. Well, let's kick it off by, uh, I suppose, chatting a bit about what you do. And I mean, what is mm. a lean startup? What is, well, what is lean startup? Yeah. Mm. It's probably a, um, a set of axioms under which we sort of operate when it comes to building um, new products or yep. you know, entire companies and a startup. Uh, we probably welcome everything that reduces waste along the way of doing that. Cool. That's why we use the word lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That has like historic reasons from comes from lean production, all that jazz. Where does it come and from? Like, what's some of the the backstory of it? Like, how long how long has the the concept been around for? So, I think Eric wrote the book in two thousand twelve, which is called the Lean Startup. Sure. And ever since. I believe we're using that term for what we're doing. Yeah. 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 Or 2011, maybe, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> was, was there much of like a history of lean kind of and startup before that point? Well, since, it, since it's um, drawing on things like agile development and other things, it has a long history. And lean, lean manufacturing, that's, that's where, the wor- where we're using the word from, or he uses the word from. Yeah. Which, in essence, aimed to reduce waste. Yeah, sure. But in in lean manufacturing, you already have a product that works, right? And yeah. then you try to get, and then kind you try to get better or um, uh, reduce costs and yeah. and um, uh, mistakes in the product yeah, when you already yeah. know that there's such a thing as product market fit, I guess. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, for example, one axiom under which we operate is to say that. Um, so what you do when you know, so there's you know you got to start them you got an idea you maybe already have some stuff you get some code or whatever it is and a lot of advice <laughs> and uh, so what do you do next right and usually yeah. we say that you want to look at the most risky assumption right now yeah right so that is pretty revolutionary right we're for example when I had my first startup that would have been the last thing I wanted to do. Sure, look at the riskiest thing first. Yeah. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just like emotionally creepy, right? Like mm. why you want to do that? Just, and I think it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't sound very fulfilling. Right? It goes against kind of like human kind of emotional intelligence, yeah. how, they, how they think. Because yeah. um, we obviously talk about this a lot in terms of the app development we do and, mm. and websites in general, like all, all the work we do. And Any feature, basically. Yeah, that's right. But to, to, to ask a, a potential client to, to look at the scariest part or look at mm. what we think is going to break or, or not be successful from mm. a you know, user mm. acquisition or marketing point of view, they, they don't want to look at that. No, and you don't really get customers that way either. No. They want to hear, no worries, mate, I, I get it done for you. I got yeah, the solution. Yeah, sure. Just, you know, come to me. I got all the answers, baby, you know, and, and that's really kind of what's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, maybe, maybe quickly, let's, so to demystify that one, that one aspect, maybe quickly, let's say why the most risky assumption, right? Just so everybody's on the same page, it's mm-hmm. just simply because if that doesn't hold true and you, so you don't really know whether or not it's the most risky assumption, right? It's kind yeah. of a guess as well. It's yeah. kind of an assumption. 
But if that doesn't hold true, then all the rest you're doing is waste. Sure. Right. And then, so, but it, there's a really good upside to this because all the stuff you saved on resources, time, money, and so on, mm. you can then use to make or to, you know, generate a new idea. Yeah. So, right, the project is not necessarily that. You just increase your odds vastly, like, or immensely or whatever. Sure. To actually be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, wow. You know, when I, when I heard that first, that just made so much sense. Mm. And then executing it is, is a totally different story, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So at what stage would you generally, like if, if you're talking to a, a startup or, or coming into an existing you know, established business, mm. like what, what stage would you normally come in and, and start having conversations? Is it very early on in the piece or is mm. it? That would be really good, but usually, <laughs> um, usually not. So usually either there's a problem either or sometimes people are just overwhelmed. Sure. Right. And then um, usually very quickly we find out what kind of you want to you really need to learn next that's sure. usually kind of a way of looking at it yep so is it often at a pivot point or at a, at a failure that, that they, they start you know thinking well we need to bring a consultant in now to to start looking at facets of the business or the startup mm-hmm. yeah so so one typical one typical moment is when they think they they want to um so very often startups think the only problem they, or the main problem they have is that people don't know about their product. Sure. Um, that's usually not true. But, you know, that's kind of where we pick up and then gently sort of check it out whether or not that's true and, um, uh, and start sort of um, creating the first experiment. Okay. Right? Mm. And then very often we have to go back to the product. Sure. Yeah. Right, and make it usually like take features out, or you know, yeah, yeah. or just um, look at different market segments and so on, so on. Yeah. But yeah, very often the first step is really to say um, to to um, the first. Very often, my first job is to mm. make sure that the founder or whoever's whoever I'm working with is able to say what I'm saying is is not a fact; it's a belief. Yeah, so it is like more of that experiment, right? So it's an yeah. assumption I have, mm. right? And I and I don't know it, and I will, right? And so that's very very often the very first step. And then there's mm. a moment where they go, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And then we go to the next step where we say, okay, what's the easy, what's the cheapest, in a sense, sort of you know, the, yeah, the cheapest way of finding out whether or not that thing is true. Yeah. One fastest. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Is there is there certain startups that aren't suited towards? lean the mm. the lean uh, method yeah. like is there is there certain startups that you know you prefer mm. the what's i don't know what's the opposite of a lean yeah. startup a full no yeah lead? no i lo- yeah. no i love yeah. that question that's, yeah. that's super good mm-hmm. so i i yeah i used to believe that mm-hmm. um i've changed my mind recently a friend of mine um challenged me on it mm-hmm. and um and i was on the same page and it kept me awake all night it was about music actually about the music industry and yeah. you know and so how do you do that I, I totally don't believe that anymore. I think totally if you want to make if you want to make money, if you look for a business model mm. and you don't look for just purely an art output, mm. then yeah, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly you can look at um, what works best and you know what's your best channel and and experiment around it, you know, and um, you know try to be very customer focused, right? Mm. So not yeah. what what do I want to sing, but you know what do people want to hear? Mm. Like no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. 
I think, yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I can't see There that. are industries, though, sorry. There are industries and there are places where um, doing lean mm-hmm. is probably not necessary and creates mm-hmm. waste. Okay. Right? Yeah, so, sure. if you, um, so if you do something where basically everything is known or m- nearly everything is known about. Sure, it. like yeah. a box factory or... I can say like manufacturing or something yeah. really, really mm-hmm. right for example yeah like that hasn't that changed should be, I'm like um but then sure that you still that still is yeah that still gets disrupted or mm. um you know if you're just looking for um in government very often there are problems you know um so you just want to get that job and you want to get the contract and yeah, yeah but is the answer maybe no you could definitely apply lean to anything just if, if you're stuck in your ways or you think that what you're doing is the cheapest or the most you know, profitable way of doing something, but surely running some you know, tests and, and looking at different options, even within a mm. big established oh, yeah. corporate business, oh, but especially there. looking at looking at small areas. Mm. Yeah, the sort of problems that um, apparently big corporations have is that, so they're, they're very good, or not apparently, that's wonderful promise they have, they're very good at executing things, sure. mm. right? So they're the best in the world to execute stuff. And that's what they've been doing very well for a very long time. Yeah. And now that they're subject to disruption, yeah. they are very bad suddenly at looking at new business models. Mm. Right? Yeah, because they've been stuck in their ways. And well, their processes just demand that they have to um, state assumptions as facts, yeah. you sure. know, put everything in the business plan, and then just execute the thing. Yeah. And if you on the way discover that you know, maybe there's something flawed with that, with that business plan, you don't really have a method to change that. Mm. So to look at that on a, on a micro level, so we, we operate using the Scrum framework and mm-hmm. Agile methodology yeah. internally, yeah. vaguely, because mm. a lot of the work we do is uh, client-focused and mm. there's, a, there's an end goal which mm. the client has and we have a, a fixed price scope. Mm. So we, we, yeah. But we would love to work in a, in a purely iterative uh, yeah. fashion and yeah. say, well, okay, well, the hypothesis is your app is mm. going to do this. Uh, let, let's get there and let's, and let's yeah. work out let's work out what we need to do to get there mm-hmm. not just state that what their initial idea was is the thing and that's going to work mm-hmm. which is very rarely the case mm-hmm. in our experience but how do you then can, like how would you go about I'm just asking advice for, for our business now but <laughs> <laughs> two for one on the podcast yeah. um, you know, how would you go about talking to a potential client and trying to yeah. I suppose show them the light that you know, the, the hypothesis that you have for your idea mm. may be correct, but mm. we actually need to prove that along the way before we just build the thing and hope they come. All right. I don't know if you still want to po- uh, broadcast that podcast afterwards. <laughs> 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 um, that's usually not very good for your business model, in my experience, because, um, you know, you're, you, you know, you need to create a lot of comfort around it yeah. before you do. So I think it's about taking taking some baby steps especially with them and make sure at least that um, they are able to track the right things so I think as a minimum goal I would kind of go like um, how do we at the end of this process know what you're doing you know is able to confirm or like how can we confirm um, how can we make sure you know your hypothesis can actually fail right so how can you create data around that you know, it's a bit of a harsh thing to say to them. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> that, that data is so important. Yeah. And I yeah, think sure, yeah. um, David's not mic'd up now, but he's in the room, but would, would agree with me that I think the the minimum viable product, which we talk about a lot with clients, so get into sort of a, an MVP that, you know, is that is that mm. first kicking off point so we can start actually, you know, testing the waters and, and, and proving mm. some hypothesis. Mm. Um, 
they want to take that much further than what really an MVP of should course. be. Of mm. course, yeah, of course, yeah. They're, 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 you know, everybody believes as I did, you know, several times. You sure. know, I thought, you know, this is it, this man. Is it. This <laughs> is it, right? <laughs> the, the big bug. It's <laughs> the best idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was um, the emotions around it were stronger than any problems yeah. I had in my life. So you know, it was it was always great. So. Uh, generally like very often they don't actually need a product sure. to, yeah. to, to yeah. learn the first thing that they need to learn okay cool. right? so that usually their risk is not a uh, it's not a market risk it's a mm-hmm. it's a product uh, it's not a product risk it's basically always a market risk sure especially in this environment right it's not like we're solving cancer or anything sure and so that can be tested very early on so you can mm. very much say look you know let's just um find find some data around whether or not these customers exist and yeah you know how do you want to find them how do you want to market your product um it's often a different discussion though than from you know like i mean you know you provide a certain service somebody comes to you and says look that's what i want to have sure and i know you guys are very integral and you know i mean you send people to me and you know where you thought yeah you know maybe i should have a chat sure so, you know oh but I, I mean you're doing this i you know you already there's you know, nothing like running in a, an app development agency to, to make you a bit, I suppose, jaded about, you know, new ideas and products. Like we don't, we don't want to be involved in products that, right. you know, yeah, that, exactly. that aren't going to pass that test. And we want to be involved with people yeah. that yeah. are hopefully going to win or at least yeah. be on the right path to winning, which is a, a difficult path. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, no, you know, I see that you're doing those things definitely already. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's why we're getting along, <laughs> <laughs> I think. And um, What are some of the um, so startups that you've been involved in, like, early they're on? Very, I think it's very much about asking them, so, you know, what is the most creative thing you want to learn? Sure. Right, and, like, what, when, what needs to come true in order for your assumptions to be true? Okay. Right, and then how can we help you along that way? Mm. And usually, so in my experience, like, when the, when the... So sometimes you think, so you do that, and the scope is usually much smaller, Right. Sure. Because that's kind of the aim of what I'm doing, right? Yeah. To kind of say what's the minimum amount of resources we need to put in. Yep. Yeah, sure. Uh, in order to create that learning, and um, then you think, oh yeah, and then they're gone afterwards. But usually, th- it's the opposite effect. Yeah, and I think from our point of view, we we like it in the process where someone comes to us and they've and they've been through some of that already. They've they've mm. they've done some consumer research or they've had a product and they've they've pivoted, but they've seen something within an existing product mm. and said actually we need this and so they're coming to us with some of that i suppose already some of those hypotheses have been proved mm. or at least you know part, part of the way there mm. um so we're jumping in you know understanding i suppose as opposed to just that pie in the sky yeah 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 and that's interesting because usually so that learning leads to usually a new idea you know not every single time obviously some ideas are very solid and and at least with one part of your uh, business model you can you know you can just continue it mm. um it, it really always depends on how much pre-existing knowledge the person has in yeah. their in their you know in the field and how sort of innovative the whole thing is. So general, you know, I mean, generally speaking, it's very simple. The less you know, the more likely you're to fail, right? Mm. Sure. So it's like sort of fancy term from like Dan Toma, look him up, uh, is uh, you know assumption over knowledge ratio. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you're fighting, you know. Um, yeah, and that that's the risk. Mm. So. I think a good way to look at it, Nick, would be to look at. So Nick um, has developed a, a card game, and we did it internally. So like a playing card game um, over three years, mm-hmm. um, and, and think about how many like iterations that card. So it started off. Yeah. Uh, what was the first called? Samurai Sam. No, I had a nickname yeah. before that. Yeah, Samurai Sam. Samurai Sam, and it, and, and the, 
you know, the, the concept changed, you know, hugely throughout, yeah. you know, all this testing we did, huge amount of testing internally, really. Mm. And, the, and the, the market still hasn't been released, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the marketing plan changed a lot and, and everything, you know, just mm. went through this whole process as we, as we played it and as mm. we thought about it, mm. probably to the point where, I don't know, none of us yeah. have been that excited it, to, to mean, actually release it. Yeah, I mean, it was I, was, I was actually thinking that in my mind before you said it, but like, like an app idea or a business idea is very similar to a game idea. Sure. It's, it has one core mechanic, which is like an app idea. It has one core idea, but people, you know, like, like myself, mm. uh, have, have a tendency to kind of want to keep adding things to it. Mm. And, and, you know, what I found happened with the game is I want to keep adding more stuff to it, adding yeah. more stuff to it. But then, it. but then at the end of the day, we just ended up stripping it back down to basically the core idea which mm. we began with at the start. Mm. Mm. That's, that's mm. beautiful. So everybody yeah. who, who does what I do, mm. like, will love your story right now, in your honesty. <laughs> really? Because, yeah. like, that's what happens. And there, mm. there's so many reasons why. One is that you can simply delay shipment. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to ship, really. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in, in several, several different reasons, you know, in a, in a startup, if you're just a startup, you know, it's pretty scary you on your own. Mm. Yeah, it's the moment of truth. You know, in a corporate environment, maybe more, oh, you know, that <laughs> now yeah. you really need to say what's up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's scary. And, and there's, they're beautiful. There's some of the most beautiful quotes. Um, Chris and I, we spoke about it earlier. Yeah. Um, it's from uh, Mike Tyson. Well, okay, Mike Tyson first, yeah. So everybody has a plan until until they get punched in the mouth, yeah. right? Which comes, you know, which um, which you bastardized from from another quote and so yeah, on. Yeah. And, and you know, and and I think the most important thing when about the, I think one of the most important quotes is from Steve Blank, where he said, um, "No business plan survives the first contact with the customer." Mm-hmm. Right, that's, right, that's true. That's because you got to keep changing and adapting, right? Yeah, mm. that's just no way. Mm. You know, either. It will either be better or worse. Usually, it's worse, mm, right? Yeah. So whatever kind of number novels you made up, and you know, in your, in your, in your <laughs> you know, in your, in your fiction writing business plan, mm. you know, it's usually not going to come true. Yeah. Usually, it's worse, and that's really what we then need to look at. So why, right? Why mm-hmm. is that so? Like we need that answer, right? And then you know, and you guys are. So what can you do, right? As you as a company is very much providing at least the data, you know, and, you know, at least see, look, that's, that's where people abandon the website, right? They bounce way too quickly or, you know, whatever it is. And then it's really the client's then job at the end of the day to really understand why. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, data can tell you what's happening, not necessarily why. Sure. But at least what's happening, that's really, yeah. I think a nice... Um, Offline analogy, sorry, an analogy, but offline uh, would be like a restaurant, right? So you see this this trend now mm-hmm. to go towards pop ups and, and food trucks and, and low cost entries where you can, I suppose, start selling your wares without having to take out a hundred thousand dollar bank loan and, and a five year lease and and move into a premise and come out with your menu and launch an opening night and then all of a sudden realize nobody likes Indian food and right. the, <laughs> you know, the southern suburbs yeah. of Adelaide and having to pivot quickly go through three cuisines and then shut up shop because you, you haven't made your bank. Whereas, you know, starting with a, a, a market sh- stall or something like this so you right. can actually start right. moving slowly yeah. through. Yeah, find some early evidence yeah, with, that's with right. low risk mm. and so on. Yeah, I love that. That's mm. really sweet. Yeah. Wo- I mean, it's worked well in Adelaide. There's a few really successful mm. businesses that have been through that process mm. that have been able to sort of test the, test the waters. Mm. Yeah. Cost, yeah, amazing. Or, effectively. Or like, you know, customer interviews. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, 
like <laughs> you're talking to people. Right? Mm. It costs you time. It does. Um, and you really want to do it well. And that's, you know, why I've got a job. Sure. Because, you know, you need to be very careful not just to confirm your biases in these interviews. But, you know, so many resources out right now, mm. like just go to, you know, talking to humans or just go anywhere. There's so many, so many resources now. Um, maybe get, you know, a smart friend, you know, to, to check out what you're doing there to hold you accountable to it. Maybe that's usually very good advice. But yeah, just do some custom interviews mm. before you do anything else. Yeah. How much of your job is, is having to, to cut through people's fear? Because I think... I think a lo- that's, that's my job. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like I very much identify with it. It's, it's not that complicated. I mean, we're basically applying um, the very foundations of science. You know, we're trying to get, you know, good mm. data. Um, so and then, oh, yeah, what's a hypothesis? It's not a big deal, you know? I mean, you can put a poster on, on the sure. wall to check out if your hypothesis is a good one or not. Yeah. It's not, you know, it doesn't really end there, but, you know, there are a few more things. But, I mean, come on, like, you know, I work with so many smart people, like, you know, I've been, I mean, especially if somebody's been to university, it makes it a bit easier usually. Okay. Um, if somebody's an engineer, um, sure, their fears are li- slightly different. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. right? That's not a big deal. Sure. Right? They get it right away, and they're usually even excited about it. Yeah. But getting these answers that's mm. just something that would you ever find do. there are kind of people you, that do need a lot of convincing maybe so say they have looked a lot mm. but you know they're very confident in their idea and they don't believe the numbers things like that well they believe that that their numbers yeah sure <laughs> yeah um yeah that's usually the case mm. from their family or friends yeah <laughs> yeah your mom is a bad test mark <laughs> Was someone buddy sold nap google for 400 million last week <laughs> i'll get 10 percent of that it's 40 million. Done. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah, a co- no, common occurrence, you know, just that, I suppose that, you yeah. know, pie in the sky dream and then, you mm. know, numbers that don't really. The, the survival bias is yeah. just so bad for our industry. Yeah. You know, and for people's lives, you know, maybe mm. not for, mm. I don't know, maybe not for my industry, but, you know, for, for so many people, yeah, you know, like they just, they don't see the graveyard. Yeah. You know, and um, it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. That's just mm. really not, what we're saying right no it's sure just like make sure like you know it's just easy to get <laughs> you're excited, not wasted yeah. you know at least you know you waste as little as possible yeah and, step, um, step into the cemetery with a uh, torch yeah. yeah that's actually so again to quote to quote like i do all the time so um if you want to go to like grasshopperherder.com i think cool. you can you can you can get um the real startup book uh where you can find lots of examples around like what um an experiment is and all that mm. jazz and so I think one of the experiments there is to start up graveyard. <laughs> 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 so you just, you know, see what's see what's already buried. Just, yeah, and sure. you probably your probably idea is very close to that. Mm. No, we, we been, we've had a few tours of the, the graveyard. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> a few. I mean, you know, and then Nick's had about thirty himself. Yeah, so. yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a hero. You're a hero. Mm. That's that's the problem with me, like, is I I enjoy coming up with the idea, mm. but I don't so much enjoy executing. Yeah, follow through. <laughs> I need I need a partner for that. That's right. You need ideas, <laughs> and ideas, guys. Though yeah. it's a team. It's a team effort, isn't it? Do Do you find that most most startups are kind of um, solely driven by one person, or are they mostly kind of team based? 
startups. The ones that perform better are usually um, not single ones. Okay. That's mm. that's as far as I know a fact. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. like I think the startup genome project also found that out, and um, Techstars and people like that they don't they don't like so much single founders, and no. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons. Okay. Oh, okay. Why do you think that is in your experience? I think the best is three. I think statistically, right. yeah. well, it's, it's, you got the like founder bias. You have there's a guy called Dan Norris um, who is based up in Brisbane, sold his company to GoDaddy for a decent amount of money a couple mm. of years ago but mm. he's, he's failed a lot he's actually written some uh, some interesting books you mm. check him out but he talked uh, wrote a blog post ab- about that about you know needing to have a, a partner especially in, in the early days what, to hold you accountable but mm. also yeah. to, to complement skills so mm. you know if yeah, you're a sure. creative mm. ideas guy you need mm. a, a solid you know data bit, person yeah, d- sure. but data or business yeah. Yeah. minded person mm. that can, can ground you and vice versa mm. mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm not sure exactly why I think that's mm. very um I have my ideas around it, but I'm not exactly sure. I had, for example, I, I, I've i tried something once um, with a good friend of mine and, um, and then business partner who is an astrophysicist and mm. don't think we've done things correctly, according to what I believe. <laughs> Forget okay. about it. You know, and you think like, wow, that's, you know, that's a data-driven dude, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, the, yeah, the underlying psychology of... Um, what we're doing is yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's often the problem so mm-hmm. you know you're just looking for <coughs> it's called confirmation biases yeah you know, sure. so you're trying to always confirm what right. you believe anyway like in our daily yeah, lives kind of yeah, yeah. whatever we need that in order to operate in the world and all that stuff mm. and it's yeah it's harmful you know, mm. when you're when you're running startup mm. you know or yeah or come up with a new product for that matter yeah, I mean, it's probably partly difficult as well with like startups and things because I mean, I think a big part of that is that you need to kind of believe in what you're starting up as well, and you do kind of, I guess, need to have that confirmation bias to kind of believe it and kind of push through. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's like you know that vision, mm. that vision thing, and you know whatever yeah, exactly. keeps you going and all that stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I agree. It's it's it's, it's like a funny balance. How how, how you d- yeah. how you data driven and and passionate and all that. I'm, I'm not so sure. Like there is a buzz you get out of, if, if you're doing what I do and you, um, you find evidence or you, or you can at least not like destroy your, your yeah, hypothesis, idea, yeah, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're actually trying to falsify this. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, for today. But you know, like there is a buzz, you know, it's yeah, pretty sure. cool. Like, yeah. like, that was good. Like, mm-hmm. or, or in growth, obviously, right? So when you use the whole thing, um, and uh, for for growing, you know, and for mm. finding, you know, new channels and all that stuff, and it works out, and you really have good evidence for it. Yeah, that's cool. That's I mean, pretty exhilarating. I mean, that's obviously at the later stage, but even early on, you know, you find, you know, mm. you, you talk to thirty five customers and or potential customers early on, and they all actually report exactly that. Oh, that's cool. You know, and they're all repeating yeah. this, and you go like, oh my god, right? I'm onto it's something. It's a good one, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even at the same time, it must be pretty heartbreaking as well when you find maybe not so much that, like the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I've been, like you know, I'm happy idea. to say, you know, I've, you know, I mean, I probably cried once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, your whole stuff is around that, you know, yeah, you put yeah. everything into it and mm. suddenly you have to realize, you got to let that one go. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you're just really lucky if you have everybody, you know, along the way still friends with you, mm. you know, and I think that's, 
you know that's a big thing and that's where i think lean can help and that's why i love it so much because yeah it's yeah. pretty you're pretty much saying what you're going to do what mm -hmm. what the risks are you know and you know you enter that journey together and you come out of it solid usually yeah you know whereas if you do the usual storyteller guy who's just running after funding i think you leave bodies behind mm -hmm. yeah you, you need to start to learn to enjoy losing you know, enjoying the the failure yeah which I'm still terrible at that <laughs> <laughs> as a therapy, you know, I'm probably, I'm, I'm running fuck up nights in Adelaide. So, or, you know, we only, you know, we've done very little, but yeah. Tell us a bit more about, about fuck up nights and, and what yeah. that, what that concept is. Yeah. That's very much about, um, it's kind of 50, 50, I guess, um, 50% just about facts. So, you know, what, what went wrong in your, uh, so it's an event series where people, mm -hmm. um, very briefly talk about, their failure yeah and it's spread all around the world isn't it so there's oh yeah sorry yeah the movement is like um we're in 83 countries 250 cities cool mm -hmm. how active each one is that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but we celebrated your chicks asked this actually i think in mm -hmm. Argent argentina Argent cool. yeah. like they had they filled whole auditoriums wow. um in germany that happened i know that television is very active berlin is super active mm -hmm. you know and Melbourne had great, I don't know, like we're, you know, we're at funny places where you wouldn't expect it. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real family thing, you know, because mm. um, it's a startup event, but you don't go in, you know, telling telling everybody how it works. It's more like, yeah, <laughs> war, like war war stories, I guess. It's yeah. very refreshing, though, like, because yeah. you have a lot of this, you know, there's, and it's not saying well, that. We do, but a lot of people are selling dreams in the startup world, right? So mm. there's a lot of the, yeah. you know, the Anthony Robin type, mm. you know, which, which is good. Motivation's fine. I, I don't have a problem with motivation, but mm. it's nice hearing yeah. the war stories and and the reality of the situation is that you're gonna you're gonna have failures and yeah. and you know, the, the last one that I came along to, some of the stories were great because you know, out of out of failure can great things can yeah. happen. You actually learn stuff. A hundred percent. But I mean, you can't just have all the you know. All the victories. All the unicorns, you know, yeah. singing. Um, yeah. Well, maybe to, so, so the, so the event series is, is and I, I try to focus it more on, um, and not on my work, although the, the, um, the overlap is immense, right? So if you, so in science, so in science, if you, if you can't fail, yep. right? So if your hypothesis can't yeah. fail, it's not actually hypothesis, right? Sure. It's not so testable, yeah. So without that, you can't actually accurately learn right mm. um so it's absolutely necessary yeah and um but it doesn't really solve that emotional problem mm. yeah no right so <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean i think the thing with like, like listening to somebody's you know story about success i mean i mean you can't really mimic their success can you you can try to but but then but then when you listen to somebody's failure it helps you because you can avoid what they've done wrong you know yeah. yeah yeah and it's i so I, I really i really feel like um the value of this is 50 percent to learn mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so what went wrong what should i rather avoid yeah um and we had very good um learnings in there mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. but it's also amazing to see how um people who've done very well now for example you know they do have very kind of successful people as well in there talking about past failures usually it's people who are up now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm waiting maybe nick you want to speak one day <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it would be great I to find it funny now before you, you it probably would, wasn't funny but you'd have some good stories to talk about mm. yeah 
Yeah, and so so that's usually how it is, right? Because then they're comfortable now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. good. Um, it's not so fresh. Yeah, but where people yeah. nearly crying and stuff once, right? Mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the value to to um, enable that space, mm. you know, mm. and to afterwards usually i find one of the best things is when people talk afterwards to each other because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i think then they don't have to go in with their shoulders wide and you know their pitch face on and all that jazz yeah mm-hmm. you know and you know, oh gosh right and it's always <laughs> like this is, you know it's always the same characters and i've been there right yeah and it's very trumper-esque you know the 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 opposite of what we're doing is like a trumper-esque approach to you know, business and it's it's like raising money not making money kind of sure. approach very often mm, yeah right? and that's what i'm fighting i guess and sure. so if we can create a community where people feel comfortable um with the truth i guess mm-hmm. or yeah. a bit more of the truth that's a very big mm. word but mm. um when's the next that one? would be great when's, yeah. when's the yeah, next, next fuck up nights yeah. I'm not sure. We nice. just—I was just talking to a company who might want to sponsor us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll let you know. Nice. So, yeah, potential sponsors out there—it's a very good night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I might—I might ask Trump actually. Ask Trump. Trump you're you're yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he'll uh, yeah, chuck in a few bucks. <laughs> 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 I just show him the first word. <laughs> um. You've suggested a couple of uh, good books to me recently. Is there any uh, any books around around the stuff you do, or just that you've mm. read recently that you'd like to mm. share? What did I did I share? Hacking growth with you, right? Yeah, and Sapiens. <laughs> wow, Sapiens is big, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. It actually Incredible has to book. do with with what we're doing here as well. Sure, very much in terms of. Um, well, anyway, that goes so yeah. So Sapiens is a great book. Yeah, mm. Hacking Growth is a great book. I can I really like to recommend it to people who are not so okay. familiar. Bought it for Nick sitting on his desk. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it right now? Yes. Oh, yeah. mm. Come on, Nick. So yeah, from Sean Ellis and mm-hmm. right the other one. Anyway, so it kind of picks up from when you have product market fit. Mm-hmm. Right, so there there are different ways of determining whether or not you do have product market fit. Eric used to say in, in the past that if you ask me that question, you certainly don't have it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, um, then there's another good way of, you know, kind of asking your customers um, like, a, like, like a series of questions um, to see how disappointed they would be, you know, if they no longer could, could use your product and they, you know, there's another good indicator. Okay. Yeah. You know, are your are your customer acquisition costs um, lower than your customer lifetime value? Yeah. All those things. Um, so when all these things kind of um, when you have them in place, then that's then that's probably the magic book right now to understand um, a hypothesis driven approach to okay. like a sci- you know like a scientific approach or you know a non very yeah, wasteful yeah. approach to then growing mm-hmm. um, but a good way of looking at that nick would be like a, an app that, that that has has reached scale and and you, we've got a good user base on active users but then looking at a number like the churn or you know users that are, that are coming mm. on mm. um using it for a day or two and then and then dropping off yeah. and then within the the world of the app what can we do from a from a, a functionality point of view from a design point of view mm. to to bring them back so mm. in, in the book mm. there's some great examples from airbnb and what else would they talk about? There's a few through Facebook as well, mm. where they've just done simple things within a product to, to massively increase, um, mm. you know, the user acquisition rate or you, you know, 
that killing that churn rate so people yeah. are actually yeah. going to come yeah. back yeah. Mm. within the app yeah. it's almost yeah. kind of like thinking backwards some like some of the questions reverse that they engineering ask. Yeah, exactly. yeah sure yeah yeah it's no, it's, just, it's really amazing because then you know for me the problem is usually then we have to go back to the product and you know have to do some more base work you know mm. very often yeah. you know but at least it picks it seems to pick people up quite well mm-hmm. you know to, to get the, and he talks in, in length as well about that you know mm-hmm. so but yeah if you if you yeah if you have customers you know who who, who already do well you know and and, w- and want to grow yeah that's but fantastic although i don't yeah. think any more people should call themselves growth hackers there's enough growth hackers i have not used that right no i don't think so i haven't right. seen you use it but there's a lot out there i know you are one chris so yeah, oh. you're a growth hacker <laughs> yes 30 percent of Can't my linkedin followers are growth hackers <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very sad, isn't it? I mean, it's fine. It's, it's no, because it's a it's great because it's a great thing, and it, sure. you know, it takes a bit more to to um, to coin yourself that, I guess, mm. uh, than just saying. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, no, it's um, but it's it's really good because I mean, especially marketing is you know poisoning a lot, you know, in sure. in, in the industry, I guess, and in ours as well, you know, mm. and in big companies, and um, you know, like professional storytellers. Um, you know that are not hold accountable to what they're doing, and the results often, yeah. you know, get wishy washy. You know, and so, mm-hmm. um, and finding a more interdisciplinary approach, maybe internally, you know, in the company, yeah. you know, things like that. So. Yeah, that's right. I think that the thing that I like about the whole concept is it's rather than looking outwards, how do we get more users? How do we get sell more uh-huh. products? Is how, or how mm-hmm. do we how do we increase what we're doing mm-hmm. already? How do we take our existing Let's take it away from tech for a second. If it's a product, but how do we increase the the value yeah. of the product that we're already selling? Yeah, and he ke- and he keeps coming back to um, uh, examples in the, oh, the restaurant, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, which is amazing. Like where where you can apply, you know. Um, I think a good example was um, what's the uh, Febreze. So like Febreze was marketed as this initially as a, you know, just another fragrance basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- they were selling good units that they were making it okay. But then someone came up with the idea internally, well, rather than uh, calling this just a, a cover up, we'll, we'll sell it as something that actually eliminates the odors. You know, and it was mm-hmm. just very s- simple kind of tweak mm-hmm. in, in okay. that whole value proposition of the product, same product. Um, and it just went you know, what gang, did, gangbusters. And what did they do then? What was the message? Do you so, remember? So, they, so I don't remember. Do yeah, remember yeah. No, yeah. No, no, I don't. No, <laughs> no so, so but move, moving it from a, an odor masker to an odor eliminator, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, without without actually a, a yeah. fragrance on Killer. it. So they, they took the fragrance out because the product was was uh, good enough to eliminate odor. That's what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had like a lavender fragrance or whatever to, uh-huh. to mask. Yeah. Okay, so so what they just came up with fragrance that didn't have an odor, like like a smell at all. Yeah, they took but the they, smell they out. They just took the fragrance out. Right. Okay. And just pivoted to what they what they were calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's, nice. that's that's quite clever. Yeah, to find that mm. message, like channel fit kind of or whatever. Refining it. Refining another fancy yeah. term for this. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes the problem you think you're solving is not actually the problem. Sure. And that's then, you know, and there may be mm. other other um, there may be other use cases. And mm. again, like the earlier you can find that. Yeah. You can find out about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Hell, the more resources you got left, you know, and the yeah. more the you know the more chances you have, you know, for another mm-hmm. chance. Oh, right. That was silly. <laughs> 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 yeah. okay. So, have you personally been involved in some some startups yourself? Like, the yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, that's where my passion for this comes from. Yeah, because sure. there's oh, cool. there's a certain amount of guilt. Yeah, yeah, you know, not that I was malicious or anything, but you know, sure. all the stuff we did or I did. 
uh, with a certain ability, I guess, to um, to get people on board. Yeah. And you know, resources on board. Um, and then, yeah. So the first time I wrote a forty-page business plan, you know, because right. that's yeah. what you did in two thousand seven. Right? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's What's the like one day I, went, like, I can't like actually very soon I think I need to pull the thing out yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I need to look at it and then um, yeah maybe I'll do it on a fuck up night at one point or so and just have a big laugh <laughs> therapy for yourself oh yeah I need that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm terrible oh, I'm terrible thing. anyway so um, th- yeah that was that was horrible and then and then when I you know when I read the book and I also very early on came across that business model canvas which is often an essential tool we're we're using. Yeah, it became like a like a like like a religion or something, right? Yeah. Like I get person, I got personally offended. You know, mm-hmm. when people like talk, you know, miss. You know, I mean, the abuse of language is insane. So everybody builds no MVPs, mm. and nobody has got a, any learning goal attached, no hypothesis attached. You yeah. Know? Never, mm-hmm. like not like sometimes, not like never, <laughs> right? And you're like, yeah. all right, sure. Do people think you know? And everybody's well? validating stuff now and all that. Oh my god, right? <laughs> and like, so I got you know, I'm okay now, you know. But for a while, it was really like mm-hmm. I was screaming. And uh, <laughs> and and I think the reason is because of that. And then there was another. Then I had another shot. Um, and again, you know, a lot of people put time in it, at least a minimum, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, everybody around you, you know, you, you you know, you take them on that journey. Like, don't forget, like, you know, your girlfriend and your family and your mm. your boyfriend and yeah. whatever, right? They're all part of this somehow, mm. and that's fine. That's absolutely fine, you know. Um, I just think this is the cleanest approach to it. Like, lean is the cleanest approach you can yeah. have. And you know, again, that word sounds clean sounds nearly religious, and it probably yeah. shouldn't be said, yeah. right? But <laughs> um, that's how I still kind of. Um, yeah, I think that's just the most honest thing I can do, right? And for myself as well, for crying out loud. I mean, I could have, you know, I could have just read a book for years, like not one, yeah, like books. <laughs> you know, I'm into like historic novels or something, mm. you know. I could have, I don't know how many books I could have read that I really enjoy, mm. <laughs> you know, rather sure. than, you know, I mean, I could have done other useful mm, things, yeah. Yeah, you know, just and you know, it's producing sh- like rubbish, mm. right, that nobody ever wants. And yeah. nobody will ever see. There you go. But you, uh, I mean, that, that's that's put you on the path you are now. So it's been a worthwhile yeah. journey. There you go, fair forward, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and then I just had to decide at one point what I want to do with my life. You know, do some circumstances, and I felt like this is the most like I just love that stuff. So why yeah. not? Why not help other people with it too? There you go. Yeah, I think uh, we need to get Ilya into look at an ambush, Nick. Mm-hmm. All your other ideas. Tear them apart. <laughs> I've actually got a book that I've got like a lot of ideas written in there. Collars. I think we should bring collars yeah, back. Collars Why don't we publish that book? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a half finished manifesto. Yeah. Half half finished genius ideas. <laughs> Cool. Oh, thanks. Well, so anything much. that creates a story for fuck up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> I've got some good stories. I might sit oh, on you're a couple, so couple more yeah. mm. <laughs> Not just yet. I need to sign some uh, waivers. <laughs> <laughs> you're constantly producing. You're like my best. <laughs> you're doing very well, actually. Mm. Mm. 
Cool. Well, thanks so much for having a chat. It's been, it's yeah, been awesome. Yeah. Um, is there any website, email that you want to give out or we can chuck some stuff in the link if people wanted to get in touch? Yeah, let's do that. Beautiful. Check, check out the links if you want. Sweet. Sounds good. All right. Cheers, cool. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Awesome. See ya.